0: Welcome to the Worthy Podcast. Grab your coffee or your wine and come hang out with us as we talk to Taylor, an amazing mom of five, four who are earthside and one who is in heaven, as she shares about motherhood and her stillbirth story. All right, so Taylor, um, I've known for a few years now, and, um, she experienced giving birth to one of her babies sleeping and I saw her made a post somewhat recently about wanting to talk about it. Yeah. It's something that moms want to talk about who have been through this. So when we started our podcast, she was one of the first people I thought of to interview. So I hit her up, and she was interested. So she's going to tell us her story. Can you first just let us know about who you are, what you do, your family, your husband?
1: Um, so, well, I'm married. We've been married for almost nine years this year. Um, we actually got pregnant right before we got married. And um, so we like, right off the bat, we got hit pretty hard with like, you know, oh, we're new parents now, we're freshly married, um, our families were going through some tough times. So kind of from the beginning of our marriage, it was kind of rough. Um, and then our our first pregnancy was great. Our baby was perfectly healthy. Um, and then the second pregnancy was the one that she was born still. And like, after that we've had a bunch of different experiences. We had a home birth after that, another full term, totally healthy baby. Fourth baby was premature at 25 weeks. And then fifth baby was perfectly healthy again. So it was just, we've had like a lot of different experiences. I've had just about every birthing experience except for a C-section. but. Yeah, it's been a, and how a weird old are you? race. You're my age, aren't you? I just turned 28. So you're younger than me. 28. Yeah. You're 28 years old. what? Yeah, He's so I had my first at 20... I think I just turned 20. Wow. And then my last one, he just turned one in January. So. Wow. Yeah.
2: And all your pregnancies were healthy? Like, actual
1: pregnancies? For the most part, yes. Um, My, my third one, because of the stillbirth, and I had some cervical issues with her. Um, I actually got a cerclage during my pregnancy with her um, because they were concerned of preterm labor. It was spontaneous, we didn't know anything about it until we went into an ultrasound. And then my third pregnancy, they were kind of watching for it. I never had any issues, which was surprising. And then my fourth being spontaneous preterm labor. Again, we weren't prepared for it because we didn't know it was there. yeah. Okay. So, so explain your second pregnancy. What was was your second pregnancy pretty good throughout? Um actually no, like the, I think it was pretty early on, like maybe 11-12 weeks that I had spotting. Oh, okay. And I was really nervous that I was going to lose the pregnancy and um I just remember talking to my midwife and she's like, you know, there's not really anything you can do at this point like you just have to wait and see if it stops, you know what happens, and it did stop, um, but if I knew what I knew now back then, I would've known I probably would've had cervical issues because mm-hmm. that could, that can usually um, be a sign of cervical issues. And so I think it was at about 19 weeks we went in for our first scan, they said that my cervix was short, everything else looks perfectly good, um, but so we got the cervical, cerclage put in at about 20 21 weeks and after that everything was fine like I healed fine from that um the plan was to take it out at I think originally 37 weeks but then she told me 36 weeks and then we would deliver whenever after that but yeah besides did, that it was it was you, fine did you know boy or girl we did after after we had the the surgery we had a Surprise like gender reveal. Oh. so yeah, we did know
2: so you didn't want to know it just kind of came out
1: Um, we didn't want to know at first We weren't sure if we wanted to know so we kept it a surprise But then after all of that mess mm-hmm. went down. We were like, well, let's just kind of know especially because we had a boy So we knew if it was a girl, then we kind of wanted to know, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So we right. planned for it. Do you pick her name out while you're pregnant? Yes I actually picked out her name before I was pregnant with her oh. which was really really weird Um, And her name was Isley, which I got from a band that I love called Isley, but also they got it from Star Wars, so (laughs) I don't know where it really comes from. I've always tried to look up if there's a meaning for it, and it's very hard to find. It's very weirdly connected to some other names, but... um,
2: It's a really pretty name. I love it. All your babies are E's. Yes, they're
1: all E's. Um, Her middle name was Mei, which is actually a Chinese word, but um, I just like the spelling of it versus the, like normal way yeah. I guess um, and that meant beautiful which I thought was really cool um, so yeah her name was picked out before I even knew she was there or a girl so I like really held on to that like even before I knew who it was like I was like praying about her mm-hmm. like yeah. I knew I called her by name like wow. from the beginning so at what point did you know something was going wrong Um. Well, like I said, with the spotting, I was, like, very nervous about that. Um, As far as the cervical issues, like I said, I didn't know anything until we went into the ultrasound. And they were like, hey, your cervix is short. Like, you could go into labor any minute, really. But as far as the baby went, she was healthy? Yeah, she was was fine. And then it was 34 weeks and three days. I went in for my normal OB appointment. And they couldn't find heartbeat and we literally like we swear that we heard her heartbeat like the last heartbeat because she she put it she put the Doppler on my belly and we like heard it for a second like because you can tell Mm -hmm. like when you've had babies before you can tell the difference between your heartbeat and the baby's heartbeat especially that late on and so we swear that we heard it she moved it around again and we lost it like we couldn't hear it anymore. And so she's like, okay, well, let's go get the ultrasound machine just to make sure, you know, maybe this thing isn't working right or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think at that point I knew, like, oh. there's there's something wrong. Like, this isn't normal. Um, we've never had this issue with anything before. And, yeah, I would think it was at that point that I was just, like, praying and, like, oh, my gosh. Was like, this just a regular wrong. checkup, too? It was. Like, I had I had no idea. And... From the ultrasound, they showed that she still had um, fluid in her bladder, so they knew it was very recent. Wow. So it was, like, really, wow. really recent. Oh like, it could have been that she died right there. Wow. Yeah. And they'd have no reason? No. Um, when she was born, they examined, like, the cord and everything because they thought maybe it could have been twisted or there was a knot or whatever. But they said it was slightly kinked. There was not really yeah. a a definite like this is probably what happened um following that appointment did they have to send you to go
0: give birth then
1: um yeah during that appointment they they told us like you know you need to deliver within 48 hours otherwise you risk being sick um so you can be admitted now or you can go home and gather yourself basically and so we had plans that night this was on halloween and we had plans that night to go to a Suns game with her family, and because my dad had sweet tickets even, so we went. And I think after, right after the appointment, we went shopping. Like we just went to Michaels or something because I was like, I just want to look at like art stuff or something. I don't know, distraction. But um, we went to the Suns game. And I think while we were there, I started feeling contractions. And they told me like, if you feel contractions, you need to come in and be admitted. Um, so if that didn't happen, I probably would have been, went back the next morning to be admitted. But because I was contracting, I went that night. And then they started me on Pitocin probably around 11 p.m. And she was born like 7 in the morning. So, so
0: what, what were you feeling during that time in between the appointment and going in? Um, were you and your husband, your son, was he with you?
1: Um, we didn't have him with us during the appointment. We saw him when we were at the game because, like, my family was there, so they brought him obviously. And we were just trying to, like, you know, just try to be comfortable. Like, it was very confusing. I think that was the biggest thing. It was just so shocking, confusing. Like, too. What yeah. happened? Like, and why? Obviously, like you always ask the question, like why? I'm still asking that question sometimes, but yeah, it was just very confusing. Like you said, shocking. I don't know. It's just weird. Like, it's yeah. a weird feeling.
2: Now, had you told your family before the Suns game, or was that like.
1: Yes, we actually, while. It was very frustrating too because she brought in a machine to the exam room that we were in, right? She tried that one. We still weren't getting a heartbeat. And then she was like, okay, I'm going to send you down to like the actual ultrasound room. Well, in that waiting room, we were there for probably at least 30 minutes. And we were like, bawling our eyes out like freaking out we're like why is this taking so long why are they making us wait so long like we're trying to confirm if we lost our baby yeah you know so it was super frustrating and I think it was during that time that like we started reaching out to people like hey we need you to pray for us like this is what's going on um stuff like that so pretty much everyone close to us knew already by the time we saw Mm. them so
2: yeah now when you went to go deliver your baby who was in the room with you
1: uh, it was my husband and my mom. Okay. Um, because my mom had actually she had experienced a stillbirth as oh, well. Wow. Yeah. She has five living children and then she her fifth was a stillborn girl wow. as well.
2: So that yeah. was that reassuring for you? I mean, as as reassuring as it could be to know that you had she somebody had experienced
1: that, that Yeah, she yeah it, for it, sure. Please. Because I mean, my mom was there for my first birth as well. So, and she's actually trained to be a stillbirth doula now, which is really oh, cool. Wow. Um, and I was really grateful to have her there because she obviously understood and she knew, and she always told me to like, it's so much harder to watch your kid go through it than for you to. But, um, it was really cool to have her there. I think it was a huge encouragement. Um, and obviously, like, she's my mom, so, right. you know, it was it was good to have her there, because obviously, like, my husband's a huge supporter, and it was great having him there, but I think it was just Gotta a little different, yeah. <laughs> it was I, a little different, because it's, like, you know, walking through something really, really hard, and it's birth, so, like, yeah, yeah, that was good.
0: So, going into it, do they tell you, um, like, do they ask you questions, like, do you want to hold her yeah. afterward,
1: how does that work? Um... um I don't really remember, like, because, like, I labored through all through the night, so I didn't really have many people checking on me, like, because obviously it wasn't like a normal labor, like, they're mm. not checking on the baby. Um, yeah. They just administered my Pitocin, and then at one point I asked for a pain reliever, and they gave me that. That gave me hallucinations, so that was really weird. Mm. And I was trying to sleep through the, like, contractions and everything. Um, but then in the morning, like, I don't know, her labor and delivery, it was different, but then like when she was born, it felt the same as my other ones. Like the nurses were there, they took the baby, then brought her to me and just laid her on my chest. And oh. it was just kind of normal. Like it didn't, it didn't feel weird. Mm-hmm. It was, and there was no really, there wasn't really any questions like that. Like they probably just assumed Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, this is your baby. You just birthed her like, you know, here you go. But Yeah. I don't know it was kind of weird afterwards obviously because you're like what do we what do we do now mm-hmm. but yeah. how long did you get to spend with her um I don't I would say like a full day at least like she was born at 7 in the morning um, I believe that we left the hospital that night um, so we had that whole day my um, time like they they took her out of the room after a few maybe like two hours after she was born they took her out and they prepared like a little memory box for her took some pictures of her for us and mm. um then we were moved to like a I don't know what it was called like a kind of like a postnatal care room um and they brought her in there for us and we just got to hold her as we wanted to take pictures of her we had visitors um yeah, and then I think it was that night that we ended up leaving, and that was probably the hardest thing. Like, yeah. um, And I always somewhat compare it to like our daughter who was born in the NICU, because we didn't get to take her home either, but at least with her, there was this sense of like, okay, we'll be back, and mm-hmm. she'll yeah. be cared for, but like leaving Isley was... Just like the weirdest feeling because you're like, my baby's still here. Mm -hmm. Like, I know that she's not really there, like, that's her body, but like, it just felt wrong Mm -hmm. to leave her there, like, in a little bed in a hospital room alone. Like, it was just, I feel like all of the whole experience is probably like a numb, weird feeling. It is, and it's always like, I don't know, like, I'm still learning and gathering things that I realized about the experience. Yeah. Because when you're going through something, you don't tend to look around at everything mm-hmm. else. You don't tend to, like, see everything else that's going on, and then later everything else sets in. And so, like, I don't know. Like, I'm, like I said, I'm still learning things. And I'm still, like, learning about myself through that experience. I'm learning about my husband through that experience and what he, like, was really dealing with and feeling through the whole thing.
2: So I know you had said that your husband was a huge support for you. Like, how did this? whole
1: experience affect your guys' um, communication, your marriage. relationship, marriage? Um. Lots of ways, I think. Um. So, like I said, we got married really young, and this was, we, let's see, it was 2012, so we hadn't even, we had just been married for two years after before this happened, and so we were still fresh, like, we're still learning each other, and so, um... And I think us being really good friends before we got married helped because we knew how to be there for each other in that way. Um, Obviously, there were a lot of difficulties with the pregnancy and that made it hard and stressful. Um, And I think a lot of the problems didn't happen until afterwards. Like I said, when you're going through it, you don't really tend to look around at the things that are like super stressful, you're just trying to like get through it. Um, So we did have like some communication issues like afterwards but I think during it, he was he was just very good about, like, just being there for me, like, when I needed it. Like, he knew that I was going through a lot physically, right. and so he was very good about being, like, vocally encouraging about that. And, um, like I said, afterwards, obviously, we're both dealing with grief and immense pain, something we've never gone through before and never expected to go through, and so... Um, yeah, just learning how to be there for each other is really hard, especially because everyone handles it differently, right. and personality types, you communicate differently, and so it is difficult, and like I said, we're still learning, I'm still learning things that he feels, things that he thinks about, especially in regards to her, and so, um, yeah. In the moment, you're probably not even- yeah you're just like not in a bad way but you were right yourself like you're like so you're just trying to get through it I'm like great you're here like I'll hold your hand like I'm not really even thinking about it and then I think it was probably two or three years ago I ended up making a post about it because I looked at this picture of us holding her and I just looked at his face and it was like the most heartbreaking thing that I've ever seen because I'm like this is my my person this is my husband and like he went through what I went through. Mm -hmm. Like he was there, he has to deal with this grief as well. His heart is broken just as much as mine. And so even though he didn't go through the physical aspects of it, he still doesn't get his daughter here. Mm -hmm. And so it was just a a huge realization for me. Like he's going through very similar things as me, even though he didn't carry her or he didn't birth her or whatever. Mm So yeah. And
0: yeah, he still lost a child. Yeah. Um, so, then you had your healthy son, and then you had to go through yet another Tramatic. tremendous yeah. traumatic experience with your daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us about that
1: pregnancy and... Um, so with Emma, we, uh, like I said, it was a very spontaneous preterm labor um, because our third he was perfectly healthy we didn't even think to look for any signs of anything but we did go in for like normal ultrasound nothing nothing showed anything weird so we didn't think about it that was probably like 20 weeks or so Um, and then at 25 weeks i lost some mucus and i was like oh this is really weird like i've never done this before Mm -hmm. and so i called midwife and i was like hey this is what's going on like should i be concerned about it she had me come in checked me i was like probably four centimeters and Mm. so she's like i think you're in preterm labor you need to go to the hospital so we did that we were admitted they started like administering magnesium and some other things to try to slow the contractions but they only do that for 48 hours because they're like, at that point, like, you're either going to go into labor fully or you're not. We're so, all these emotions
0: coming back. Were you having like the worst thoughts in your head? I feel like I would be like, oh,
1: here it goes. Like, it, it I don't know. I said, like, when you're in it, it's so much weirder. Like, you're yeah. not, I don't know. It was one of those things that I'm like, oh, this is just what we're doing now. Like, we're just going through this. Like, I hope she doesn't come out, but I guess, like, I don't know. Like, yeah. it was just, it was just weird. Um, like, I think, were you asking, like, is, is she going to survive? She's 25 weeks. Well, they weeks. would tell us, like, you know, she has, I think it was like 60% chance oh. of survival at 25 weeks. And so, I was holding on to that. 25 um, weeks.
0: That's like, I you think know. You, I think that's, I've never heard anything earlier than that. that yeah. I just
2: people
1: to one pound, 14 ounces. My
2: friend, my um, friend that had a baby that was one pound, too. Mm-hmm. That's the smallest I've ever. Do you ever know how many, many weeks she was? I can't remember off the top of my head. That's why I knew I mean, the weight. She so. could
1: have even been younger. Well, Emma was considered big for wow. her age. Like so, one pound fourteen ounces at twenty five weeks was That's a big that, baby. That's that how
0: big. Yeah. Yeah. Like because
1: weeks. I've heard of babies born later at like twenty eight weeks and being a little smaller. Yeah. So she was big. Um. Yeah. Like I said, they they constantly were reminding us like, oh, this is you know the risks obviously like we don't know if she'll have this, this and this issues mm-hmm. but like I feel like I knew like even in that time that like she was gonna be okay mm-hmm. and I just had confidence in that and so I wasn't necessarily worried I was a little stressed out and freaked out that oh, I was yeah. like in the hospital and there was all these like weird things going on that I wasn't planning for but like as far as her I think I was kind of confident in that because I remembered um, not too long after we lost Isley, and I was doing my journals and everything, I felt like God was telling me that we would have another daughter. And so, obviously with our third pregnancy, I was like, oh, it's going to be a girl, like because God said we'd have a daughter. But then it wasn't, so then I was like, well, what the heck? <laughs> but then, our um, our fourth pregnancy, like before I got pregnant with her, I had picked out her name. And I knew that when I was pregnant, that she was going to be a girl. And so, like, I don't know. I just kind of felt with her pregnancy because God told me I'd have another daughter, that she was gonna be okay, or that she would survive anyways. Yeah. Not necessarily be okay, you know. We always like knew early on that she could have had a lot of issues, which she doesn't. She's perfectly fine. Like she has some immune issues, like with allergies and stuff like that. But like other than that, she's perfectly healthy. Mm-hmm. So
2: it's amazing that our medical technology can help babies that are born yeah. really like that. I know, like, and God. it's getting
1: better. Like, I'm really, like, that's something that March of Dimes does. Like, they really focus on the health of mothers and babies, like, prior to birth to hope, hopefully prevent that. Well, you're like me. You're
0: more natural and oh, crunchy. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I can only imagine. That's one of my, one of my biggest fears with having kids with having to go through the NICU experience. It looks oh, so yeah. stressful, and knowing that they're hooked up
1: to all these things. Yep. I don't imagine yep. what you're And they're always, was. like, telling you, like, oh, you need to do this, they need mm. to have this. Mm. Mm. Yeah. How long yeah. was and she was, in the NICU? She was, um, it was almost four months, oh, wow. I think. She was in oh, there for gosh. 115 days. Wow. So she was, um, they talk about them in their corrected gestational age, so, yeah. like, um, when she was four weeks old, she was, like, 29 weeks, or 20... Yeah, 29 weeks corrected or whatever. Yeah. And so by the time she came home, she was like just under 42 weeks corrected. So she was wow. already 15 weeks old, but she was like the size of a newborn, basically. Yeah. She was like just over eight pounds.
0: When you brought her home, was, that, was it kind of scary? I always think about people bringing their NICU babies home and you're
1: like... It is weird, um, especially because she was on oxygen still. She had a little bit of oxygen um, just because she just... Wasn't strong enough yet. She wasn't kicking it. I think she's just stubborn, but you know, whatever. So, all, she, came yeah. um, so she came like home with that. Yeah. And so she came home with that. I know. I, I know. I'm Emma. Emma. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's just weird. It was weird. It was weird, like, feeling like, oh, we have to do all this. Because she had a monitor, like, she had some oxygen, so we had to, like, make sure she didn't drop too low Mm -hmm. or whatever. So that was, like, nerve-wracking, especially during the night. Like, if I heard the beeps, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, this is scary. But also, the the nurses were pretty good about preparing us. Like, if this happens, you know, do this. So... We felt pretty confident. I mean, she was in there for almost four months, so we saw a lot of things. Mm-hmm. The beeping is something that never goes away. Like that's something that like a lot of NICU parents carry too. Is like this stinking beeping yeah. sound that like you're always that's hearing monitors, other people's monitors. Yeah. and you're like, oh, okay, it's not my kid. Like, that's like PTSD it's, is like a trigger. Yeah, to it's hear really that noise. crazy. Oh yeah. my God. But yeah. So that was, it was hard right at first, but within like three weeks or so, she was able to get off the oxygen. So we didn't mm-hmm. have to monitor anymore. So that was helpful. It was mm-hmm. like a, a step into like normalcy, I guess. Like And she's just healthy it. now? Like just yeah. so has some al- like seasonal allergies type thing? Or? Well, she has like life-threatening allergies, because, oh. but her dad also has them. And so oh. a lot of them are hereditary, but I think because of a lot of the issues, like her body's not as strong obviously she's really tiny she's in um and she is in the chronic lung disease category because she was on a ventilator for so long so she could always have breathing issues she's probably going to have asthma especially because she has allergies um but yeah she's she's perfectly fine like there's no huge issues um I've seen you say that you
0: think that you went through all this for a reason? Like, especially with Mm -hmm. Emma being born that early. Mm -hmm. Do you think that it was all for a reason? I I feel like maybe other people
1: couldn't handle it how you did, or? Um, I feel like, well, there is a lot of personal lessons I feel like I've learned. There's a lot of things that have deepened my relationship with God and with my husband and with people around me. But also, like, I always told him if the only reason I went through all this was to be able to relate to other people, then I'm okay with it. Because I really believe that talking about things heals. And I'm really open about it, I'm really okay with talking about things in details if you want them. Um, and so I've always encouraged other people that have gone through things similar to talk about it with somebody. like Even if that person doesn't understand, talk at them, Like it's, it's okay like and it will help like it really will that's one of the things I wanted to ask you like so I'm sure there's people who have family
0: members or friends or whoever who have Mm -hmm. gone through this do you want them to like what do you have to say to that like ask them questions or like do you want people to? you always say you don't want her to be forgotten you Mm -hmm. know like Mm -hmm. celebrate her birthday talk about her ask questions
1: yeah because I think a lot of people it's hard for them to deal with their own feelings or their own grief and so they tend to shy away from yours and so they don't really – I don't know. We had to have a lot of grace with people, which feels unfair because you're the one that's really, really grieving. But at the same time, like, they don't really know how to talk about it. They don't really know how to bring it up. And um, so that's why I encourage the person that goes through it to talk about it because that kind of makes it normal, I mm-hmm. guess, in a sense. Like, it might still make some people uncomfortable, but that doesn't really – matter that's on them that's not on you and so um talking about it just kind of like brings light to a really really dark situation it helps Mm -hmm. people understand what people are actually going through because there are a lot of details there's a lot of like things that like i didn't know like my milk came in after she was born Mm -hmm. i didn't know i was gonna have to deal with that like it was just one of those like really painful physical reminders of, like, yeah. I have to deal with this. I was but thinking about that. All the yeah. healing you have to do postpartum. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. it's almost like all for nothing, you feel like. Right. And I, I don't know. I, it really felt like unfair at that point because mm-hmm. I'm like, why is Going my body through. doing this? Like, I don't even have a baby mm-hmm. here. I didn't have a baby that latched on ever. Like, mm-hmm. and my body's still making milk. Yeah. And, um, Yeah, actually, like, I had just learned recently about a shop that makes jewelry out of breast milk. And I wish that I knew about it then because I would have been able to, like, save a little bit and just kind of hold on to that little piece of her because it was a piece of her. Like, it was for her. So that would have been nice. But um, yeah, I think for people around those going through loss like this, it is important to talk about it, to call them by name to recognize that they are a person, they are a child that this this person lost, and as a grieving parent, you're constantly trying to navigate, like, I kept saying, like, I feel like I'm forgetting something. Whenever I left the house, I'm like, I'm forgetting something, and I think it was because she wasn't there, like, yeah. I just constantly felt like something was missing, and like, there's just little things, you're constantly trying to navigate, like, what what do I do, like, how do I deal with this? Like, why do I feel this way? And so it's really hard when you're trying to, like, hold yourself and others up. Mm -hmm. And so I think it helps when people understand or are willing to talk about it. I have one friend that was super open about it. She was super good about talking about her, calling her by name. She always sends me messages on her birthday. Like, she's super sweet about it, and I think I think we need more people like that yeah. because it does help. It really does. Like, because I just want to talk about her all the time. Yeah. I love her. Like, she's my daughter. Like, there are things that I wish she was here for. Mm-hmm. And so, you don't want her forgotten. Yeah, you don't want to be the only person that talks right. about her and knows her. Her right. life had an impact on me, mm-hmm. and I know that she had an impact on other people. And I just. I just want people yeah. to find as much healing as I have been finding. And so I really think it does help to talk about it. If you're someone that knows someone that's going through it, talk about it. Ask them if they want to talk about it. If they don't, like, that's okay, too. Some people don't like talking about their grief, but yeah. sometimes we need to. Mm-hmm. So Good. the last one wasn't a home birth? No, I actually went to the birthing center in Phoenix. I wanted to do home birth, but we're in a rental, and we are oh, yeah. out in Gilbert, and so I was like, no, that was probably not going to work out very well. Yeah. So, yeah. I just went with the birthing experience. That way, I said, I've had lots of different experiences. Yeah, you've been so, through it all. But yeah, that one was good. It was it was second to my home birth. My home birth was the best birth by far, the most comfortable, the quickest, and then that was. I think second that's best.
0: good. That, that out of all the times, mm-hmm. that was how when you most needed
1: that birth. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Was that after and that. especially like after Emma too? Like I yeah. always say, like and Emma, yeah, my. My third was a healing pregnancy, and my fifth was a healing pregnancy. The last one we had, he, that pregnancy with him, we didn't know he was a boy. I mean, I kind of knew, but Mm -hmm. um, you found out at birth, right? Yes, when he was born, we found out. But like that was kind of like a healing for me as well, because Emma's, Emma's birth was a trauma as well. Like, and that's Mm -hmm. something too that like NICU moms go through is like it's a grieving period as well, because. You went through something expected, unexpected and traumatic. You are mm-hmm. not going through your pregnancy the yeah. way that you thought you would. There's obviously the risk of your baby not surviving. And so that was like, that actually brought on a lot more PTSD, I think, than <laughs> Isley, which I'm still now like dealing with and sorting through. I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, like this stuff hit me really, really hard. And, um, so yeah, that was like a super big, like, grieving process as well. Um, so my last pregnancy, being pretty healthy, making it full term, that was like a huge blessing. It was a huge like healing process, and getting a nice birthing experience was yeah. exactly what I needed. And we, you're done. You said you don't want to have any children, right? Yeah. Not planning on it. I mean, we've we've talked about like adopting and fostering at some point Aww. but um yeah as far as biologically like i don't mind being pregnant but i don't know it's been too stressful and say, there's no yeah. way to know if it's going to go right. well or not and so physically um,
0: and mentally exhausting it yeah. is
1: it takes a lot and it you homeschool don't you, you homes yes so you are lot. just wow <laughs> there's a lot going on so <laughs> yeah. I'm okay if we don't have another little baby again yeah. like we got to the stage now that he's starting to wean and he's not going to need me anymore like at least not like that and so like I'm okay with moving into this next yes. stage of life of not constantly having babies and nursing and yes yeah, yeah. no Brittany i'm ready for way. it yep. yeah yeah, yeah. you like i'm ready <laughs> i'm so ready for this <laughs> like i would like
0: yeah to have a little bit of freedom <laughs> yeah
1: yeah because they're like oh you can pump and go out i've never been successful with pumping except when she emma was in the NICU because i had to obviously yeah. but with my other babies that i was nursing like they never took bottles i could never pump like yeah. it was just yeah it doesn't work for <laughs> yeah. me so it's just not
2: the same it's like yeah. that's what you do all day like you're home yeah like I am well I have yeah. to go to work and I have to, yeah. to work mm-hmm. for him because he has to unfortunately go to daycare um and it's the worst oh yeah like, I hate it and so people are always like go home I'm like, but that means I have to pump and wash bottles in order to have a little me time in that way. It is a pain in the butt. It is a pain. It is a pain. But then when you want to go out and you don't
0: have anything. I tried to pump before I left today and I was like,
1: this. I know, you're (laughs) like, well, here's a snack for you. Take a (laughs) sip. Take a sip. I know. That's why I was actually really amazed. Like I had a I had a huge supply with Emma. Like she had more than enough. Even after she came home, we still had some. And so, like I wish it lasted longer because I would have kept it all and saved it yeah. and been able to use it. But yeah. Which speaking of, I it, you
0: thing the other day. I saw someone Free-sharp. in one of my groups. She freeze dried it. So it's like powder. She turned How? her breast milk into freeze dried powder milk. And it can
2: last for like 50 years or something. And she's yeah, like, that's insane. Why don't we know wow. these
0: things ever, right? <laughs> it's tr- come on, it's 2019. There should come be like machines you just throw it in it's there. It's probably and it super expensive, yeah.
1: but I'm sure that would have been useful. For but sure.
0: I, I'm glad we got to talk to you because I feel like
1: this is something people probably don't want to talk about. You know, like right. you
0: want to, but pe- other people don't realize. Right, that and like you I want said, to. some
1: people that go through it don't even know how to yeah. or know that they can or want to, like. Yeah. But even if you feel like you don't want to, like, still do. Yeah. Do you blog about this? Do you Do you have a blog? I did have a blog. I don't keep up with it well, and so I do try to like share things as I can, like yeah. on Instagram I know and stuff. On Instagram, huh? But if anybody wants to follow you, what's your Instagram? Um, handle? House of Griggs. It's H A U S, of Griggs. Griggs. Yeah. Okay. And then I did at one point have a blog, and I share I actually shared all my letters that I wrote to her, like oh. from early on in my journal. And so I'll have to see if I can find that. If I still have a link to it, I'll send it to you. But yeah. um, it just shared, like, just even my other little moms, blurbs. If they're listening yeah. and they've been through this or know someone, it would
0: be good for them to even follow you Yeah, just, like, friend you on there.
1: Yeah, for sure, because I'm always open to talking about yeah. it. I'm always open to hearing other people. That's the thing, too. Like, I love to listen to stories. Yeah. So, like, I want to hear your experiences. I want to hear what you're feeling. Like, maybe I can relate to it. Maybe I can't. Like... Sometimes I feel like I can't relate to moms of miscarriage either because it's a little different like yeah. I I Don't want anyone to feel like their loss is not my like as big as mine or whatever yeah. right. Because it is a loss like but I just feel like I can't relate as much because I didn't lose her early on mm-hmm. I went through a totally different experience yeah. but as far as loss and disappointment and all of those things. Like I can relate. You sound like I a want. good listener too. So yeah. I think. You know what I mean? And very positive. Yeah. About
2: things. Like it's not going to be a, a negative experience. Yeah. Not if anybody do. needs Thank to you. talk. You. Hit yeah.
1: It Thank you. <laughs>
2: good
1: I try. You I Like I said, I, yeah, I would love to have more people like that around me. Um, and I was very thankful for the people that were like that around me. And so yeah. I just hope to be that for somebody I hope to be a piece of their healing process so
2: well the whole experience I thought that you were just amazingly strong yeah I know it's taken a lot of work to get to this point (laughs) I'm sure I can't even I can't even comprehend or imagine Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm very impressed by how strong and how poised you are about it thank you yes
0: well thank you for sharing your story with us Taylor we seriously loved having you here And if anybody wants to follow her, go to at House of Griggs on Instagram. And if you want to share your story with us, please feel free to let us know. Either send us a message on Instagram or you can email us at hello.momworthy@gmail.com. Thanks for listening, guys.